This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season one, episode 42. We call this one No Way Jose. And right now, Crowley talks to the Spanish voice of the Cubs, Miguel Esparza. All right, viene el primer lanzamiento para Javilas, el batazo. That excited voice right there is our next guest joining me on Fly the W uh, podcast, the voice of the Cubs, the Spanish voice of the Cubs, the Spanish voice of the Blackhawks, the Spanish voice of the Chicago Bears. I call him the hardest working man in show business, Miguel Esparza. <laughs> Miguel, how you doing today, buddy? Raleigh, I'm good. How are you? Good to see you. Thank you for the invite. Oh, you know, this is this has been uh, I wanted to get you on Fly the W for a while. I had you on the old podcast and, uh, you know, that was that first time I ever, ever heard th- this Miguel Esparza guy, that, that Javi <laughs> Baez call that ended up going viral. And yeah. I remember sitting there thinking to myself, who is this guy and why have I not heard more of him? So, Miguel, if you do me a favor, uh, tell our listeners a little bit just about how um, – how long have you been with the Cubs for? With the Cubs, uh, 2018, filling in here and there. Um, and then last year was the full season that I had and um, just took off from there. You know, it was it was finally last year when uh, my company where I work for San Miguel, this is you this season. That's when I said, well, I'm going to get grab the bulls by the horn and, and make sure I, I do something big of it, you know? Yeah, and so you grew up in Chicago. Did you grow up a Cub fan? Yeah, absolutely. Born and raised Cubs fan. <laughs> so it's always been there. And now, who were the broadcasters that you tended to listen to when you were listening to Cubs fan Cubs games growing up? Always Pat and Ron. You know, it was it was, you know, it's something about. Obviously, I guess I'm biased because radio for me is is my career. It's what I do. Um, but I I would always choose radio over TV. Nothing against Chip Carey, Len Casper, you know, not Steve Stone at the time. But for me, when I thought Cubs, it was Pat and Ron. Ron, uh, not 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 Coomer, Ron Santo. And and obviously Coomer right now, he's great. And and when he jumped in and and you know, so he became part of it as well. But those were my guys, you know, from from the get-go. So I, I, you know, when I was growing up, my mom is from South America and my, and her parents, you know, they were family of immigrants. They never lived more than a block apart from each other. Mm -hmm. And so I I grew up in like, kind of like a bicultural household. So from like 
when I got home from school at three o'clock till about six thirty, everything was in Spanish. And then when my dad came home from about six thirty to bedtime was in English. But when I first, you know, when I listened to your baseball calls, it kind of brings me back to listening to, to some of the old soccer matches that I remember just kind of growing up and listening to just the excitement and the passion that you kind of have on some of your home run calls. And when you mentioned Ron Santo, I kind of laughed because he used to always joke around about his Italian heritage and how he was just such an emotional guy. And he brought yeah. that to the game. Do you think some of that rubbed off on you or how much Absolutely. do you think of it as cultural or all of that? No, it was, it was just listening to his passion for the game and his, Oh no's and his, the way that he lived and broadcast those games. It was something that for me stuck with me. However, it wasn't like when I started broadcasting, I, I didn't say, Oh, I want to be like Ron Santo. You know, it wasn't in the back of my head, but yeah, I guess it rubbed off on me in a certain way. But I, I guess it also has to do with the fact that I started broadcasting sports in the city where I was born and for the teams that I rooted for, you know, the Cubs, the Bears, the Bulls, the Blackhawks. Um, when I broadcast in 2020, I broadcast for the White Sox. And, and that for me was just different because it was like, it's not my team. First first game that I broadcast was against the Cubs, and I was like, what do I do here, you know? <laughs> but obviously, you know, I have to be professional and, and, and make that broadcast sound socks-inclined, you know? But it, it, it really helps to be able to broadcast the teams that I love, and, and that's just that where, that's where that passion comes from. And, and you're, you never kind of grew up intending to be a baseball or sports broadcaster. No. That wasn't in the cards originally. Is that right? No, no, not at all. I, I never thought about it. Um, I, I didn't think about radio at all. I was 18 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. I was working at a restaurant. Um, and, and from there, my dad had a grocery store, so I was taking care of that. But I was like, what am I going to do with my life? You know. And then all of a sudden, I, I was watching late night TV, saw a commercial for a broadcasting school in Lombard. And I said, you know what? Let me give it a try. And it worked out. I started as an intern, got into production. I learned everything you could learn about radio because I knew the importance of being you know, complete in, in the sense of the word where I wasn't just a broadcaster. I can manage a board. I can I can troubleshoot. I actually put one of the studios together with one of the engineers. So, you know, it was it was one of the things that I that I always wanted to do was just be uh, useful with sports. It, it, it's, it was funny because in 2003, I, I just had the idea. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to ask for credentials for these teams and and grab some content and and just, you know, put it on the radio as a segment. I had a morning show at the time. So I said, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. So I, they gave me credentials, and the Cubs did, and uh, the White Sox did at the time. The Bears did as well. But I was most of the time I was there at Wrigley, and I was, I was just recording reactions of, of the crowd. And, and I was able to be on the field when the Cubs uh, won that division in 2003. Um, Sammy Sosa sprayed me with champagne. You know, those little things. And, and, uh, but I never thought that my career would go in the sports direction at all. It was just a thing where I said, well, why not take advantage of it? Because, you know, I love sports and if I could get in for free and, and, and get some of these, you know, reactions and whatnot and get some content, I said, well, why not do it? Well, your, your real love initially to get into radio was to try to get your something with your singing, correct? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I always wanted to sing that, that, that's my passion. That's, that's what I love to do. 
and at some point I said, well, well, how can I get into how, you know, how can I get into into music? And, and when I saw that commercial, that's what popped into my head. I was like, dude, like get into radio and then you'll have your music on the radio, you know, and <laughs> and, and it happened. It, it actually did happen. I recorded I recorded a CD back in 2007 and it's uh, regional Mexican music. And uh, at the time, one of the program directors, when, when my CD came out, he actually interviewed me and put my song on the radio. So it happened. I toured Milwaukee, Pennsylvania, played at Aragon. Um, so it, it kind of happened, not to the extent that I wanted it to happen, but it happened. And so, you know, one of the things that I got to find out for you as, as we become friends is that you were an Elvis impersonator. How did that happen? Yeah, so um, so I'm, I'm going to correct you here. I'm an Elvis tribute artist. Tribute uh, artist. <laughs> and I know, <laughs> I know, uh, Danny corrected you the other day, and and it's important because um, I, I'm not trying to be Elvis. I'm not Elvis. You know, all I do is pay tribute to what he was and what he did with music, and and so how that came about. There was a little gap in between where I wasn't at a radio station. And so I was working uh, remotely for a radio station in Mexico and a radio station in Kentucky, but I wasn't physically at a radio station here. So I was like, man, what do I have? What do I do with my life right now? You know, I need, I need the income obviously. And a cousin of mine worked at a casino in uh, Joliet. I called him up. I said, Hey, listen, I'm looking for a job. Do you guys have anything available? And he said, well, go on the website. If you find something that you like, let me know. And I'll let my boss know. I went on there and it said celebrity pit dealer. I was like, dude, this sounds interesting, you know? So <laughs> I, I click on the, on the link and it said, must know how to sing, dance, or lip sync, something along those lines. I was like, well, I can sing. Called him up. I said, what's this about? What, what, what's going on here? He said, well, they're going to have an area at the casino where they're going to have different impersonators of different artists. And um, they're going to be dealing blackjack. So I said, listen, I know how to sing like Elvis. And he was like, okay, give me a second. I'm going to call my, my, my boss, calls her up and says, Tony, you know, I got my cousin who sings like Elvis. She's like, can he come into the casino right now? Said, Miguel, can he come? Yeah. Grab my guitar, jump in my car, and I drive to Joliet. And uh, played a couple of songs for them. Uh, there was like three three people there. And played a couple of songs. When I left the casino, my, my cousin calls me. He's like, hey, my boss just called and told me to tell you to grow your sideburns. So that was <laughs> it. <you know? laughs> Got the job right then and there. And then it was learning how to deal blackjack, which was just a whole nother world. And, and it was fun. You know, I, 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 I can say that at some point in my life, I was a blackjack dealer. And, and you, got to, you, you got to do your sports career your singing career, and little did you know that your sports career and your singing career would intersect. Miguel to the ballgame. Cubs finish radio broadcaster Miguel Esparza. Feliz mes de la herencia hispana. ¿Dónde están los latinos? Let's count it out. Here we go. En español. A la una. A las dos y a las tres. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. Oh, Miguel. <laughs> I, so that still get is. Still the Charlie. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> that is the ultimate dream. I, I've done so much with the Cubs in my life. 
There's yeah. one bucket licks item and you kick that bucket, man. Tell me all <laughs> of a sudden, I think it was Johnny B playing for you, right? John Benedict? Yeah, John, Johnny, Johnny was there. Um, so it happened. Actually, this is the second time that I do it. Last year, I, I had the opportunity to do it as well. And it all came about being proactive. Like this has worked for me in my life so much, just being proactive and knowing what it is that you want and asking for it. This is the important part. So when all these videos last year start going viral with my home run calls, I reached out to the Cubs, to Joe Rios, who's been fantastic to us. He's the, the, the relationship that we built with Joe has been amazing. And I said, Joe, listen, uh, well, I taught my Joe from Univision calls Joe from the Cubs. I said, Joe, uh, to my Joe, I said, look, listen, you know, my stuff is going crazy on, on social media right now. I think you should reach out to the Cubs and let them know that I want to sing the national anthem and the seventh inning stretch. And he says, all right, I'll do that right now. And before I had done that, well, no, no, that happened. He reached out. He said, okay, let me see what we can do. So I found Joe Rios, the next homestand. And I said, Joe, if you ever need somebody to sing the stretch or the anthem, I'm your guy. So about a week later, yes, Miguel, we have a spot uh, towards the end of the season. And, you know, that's you. And as soon as I did that, the next day, Joe was like, well, just get ready for next year. You know, so it was cool to have that that um, appreciation on, on behalf of the Cubs and, and invited me for the second year. But the second year was more, it was, there was something about it. It was so special and, and just being there. And, and, and uh, I think the second time, like I said, it's just sweeter. It was something about it. I don't know what it was. Uh, let me, let me try to take a guess here is that number one, you sit there and they gave you that beautiful city connect Jersey. Oh, I mean, I think of beauty. <laughs> I mean, so that, that right there has got to get you up. And then you got to do both the anthem and the stretch. Yeah. And, and so there, there's, I think, you know, I've been around a long, 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 long time around Wrigley Field, uh, Miguel, you know that. But there's, yeah. kind, there's kind of like a switching of the guard. And there's a lot of fresh young talent, whether it's you, whether it's uh, Jeremiah uh, Paparaki, the, the PA yeah. announcer, whether it's John and Josh on the organ there's this group that's kind of bubbling up of new talent. And all of a sudden, I think to me, like seeing Johnny out there playing, seeing you out there singing, seeing Jeremiah getting to do all his things. It's just been such an absolute pleasure. And, and, and I think you guys as, as new blood are, are kind of injecting more energy into the fan base. And so you're singing to those 40,000 people. That's also, that was for a uh, Hispanic heritage month. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when I said, Donde están los Latinos and that place erupted, I was like, Whoa, like, you know, I didn't expect it. I really didn't, but it was so cool to get that reaction, you know, and, and, and get, get that kind of, and you touched something very important, which is the fan base. I connected so much more with the fan base this year. I was able to meet so many people. It was just, like I said, it was great all around. Obviously, on field, it wasn't what we were expecting or what we wanted to happen, what we were expecting. Obviously, there were really no expectations this year. But everything that came about this year, it was just beautiful in general. It was, it was a real good time. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Yeah. And, 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 and so, you know, for people that don't know, you know, this is my Superman outfit, but like I do have a normal mild mannered job and I do work with Latino students. And um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I try to kind of get them to learn about baseball, but it's hard because maybe they don't have a lot of knowledge about it and, and, and the language barrier, but now, you know, I always would hear the, you know, and press the as, you know, spam button to hear it in Spanish. But now all of a sudden I have more of like an interest in doing that and, and, and now telling my kids, hey, you can listen to this guy and you can learn a little bit about baseball. It's a lot of fun. Do you kind of feel excited to maybe kind of bring in a different group of people into baseball that may not be familiar with the game? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and here's the thing, you know, there's a lot of people like me, my age group, that we speak both languages, but we prefer it in Spanish. You know, there, there's there's something about just l listening to to sports in Spanish and, and, and there's something about it, you know, so it, it is very good. It, it's good that we have that SAP option now on Marquee. Um, they've been real good about doing that and, and also like putting a lot of my my calls on on the post game show. They've invited me to do the pregame. So it, it's been one of those things that that I feel that the growth has been so much in, in general. And yeah, touching uh, getting close to the the, the younger generations and, and teaching them about the sport has been great as well. Like I, I love that that we have that tool and we have it on the MLB app. You can listen to our broadcast in Spanish. You, you can't imagine the amount of messages I get from Venezuela, from uh, Puerto Rico, from Mexico. It's just amazing. And it blows my mind. Yeah. You know, I just wish that was around when my grandparents were alive. That was the one thing I always tried to get them into baseball and I couldn't. Yeah. And I think if they would have heard <laughs> you, they would have absolutely loved you. But, you know, I remember watching you and I'm like sitting here going like, man, the Cubs are just totally underutilizing this guy. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like when you watch a baseball player that's just rotting on the bench, I'm like, why is Miguel not doing more? Next thing I know, I'm starting to see stuff like this. <laughs> ¿Qué tal? ¿Cómo están? Bienvenidos nuevamente a Béisbol y Más. Y bueno, en este episodio tenemos un invitado súper mega especial en Christopher Morel, que ha venido aquí a causar impacto, no solamente en el terreno de juego, pero también con los aficionados. Muchas gracias, de la que sí. Gracias por la oportunidad de estar contigo aquí. Y tiene un gran fan también. <risa> So how funny is, for those of you on the podcast listening that may not speak Spanish, Christopher Morel tells Miguel, I'm a big fan of you. How did that have to feel? <laughs> tell, tell me about it, you know? And, and it's it's funny because when, when I'm showing him uh, the video of, of my home run call, of his home run, he's like, you don't have an idea of how many times I've played this. And every time it goes out, I yell, la moto, you know? So just to hear that, it's like, man, you know, I never imagined something like that from, from a Cubs player. And, and just, and that's another thing you, you touched upon the, the young talent that, that we have at Wrigley, but we're also getting that connection with the young players, you know, and, and having that, creating that relationship with these players that are very appreciative of the opportunity and something like this, you know, having baseball Limas, which was like a, a Cubs production idea to do. Um, and, and it just something, something so simple yet so special just to give them that platform as well. It, it's been, it's been amazing. And that, and that's the thing here is that without, you know, you and Cubs production taking that step, the Cubs have a lot of interesting players who may have a language barrier, but the fact is fans just fell in love with Christopher Morrell. Yeah. Uh, Fran Mil Reyes is a guy that was really funny, you know, 
but I, I can I can tell you, you know, it's hard when you're speaking a language that's not your first language to be able to right. communicate a hundred percent what you want if you're not truly bilingual. And so to have somebody to sit there and talk to, to me, whether you understand it or not, you can even just read the they have it on closed caption so you can read it. Yeah. And it's just kind of fun to to understand their standpoint. And there are so many amazing stories of some of these Latino baseball players that if they didn't have baseball emas and that option, you really wouldn't know much about their personality. And I think that that could be a huge asset to the organization of growing the fan base later on. Yeah, you know, it, like I said, I was honored beyond you can imagine, you know, because it was just they reached out and Miguel, are, are you willing to do something like this? I said, absolutely. You know, and, and that was the main reason to get to know these players and have the fans know that these players, like you mentioned, they're great personalities. You saw uh, Morel, you've, you've already interacted with Morel and he's amazing as, as you see him on the field. That's how he is in real life. Uh, another one that's very quiet. But very cool. And that was the last episode I did um, with Baseball Limas with Manny Rodriguez. And this guy, he was great, you know, but he's very quiet. But now you could you could see that personality come through on that episode of Baseball Limas. So it, it is very important. It really is to have something like that and, and be able to showcase these young players. Rafael Ortega is a guy that had an absolute yeah. blast with you in the booth. I thought he was oh, yeah. just, he was hilarious. I didn't he know was. that about Rafael Ortega. Okay. You with Morel, it just transcends, but like right. with Rafael Ortega, I didn't know he was as funny and entertaining as he was <laughs> until I watched that episode of baseball. He must. Yeah. And he called his home run. I had him. So that's what, what one of the things that I did throughout that, those episodes was have them call one of their home run calls or, or have them, you know, I kind of envisioned like, welcome to my world from Elvis, obviously his song. And it was that it was just coming to my world. I'll go into yours kind of deal. So that's, that was what was behind having the, the players call their home runs. I did it with Patrick wisdom as well. He called a home run, uh, one of his home runs. So it, it was that, and that was another thing. We, we didn't want to just do Spanish speaking sp players, we wanted to be able to showcase a lot of these players in different ways. So, you know, it was good that Cubs productions were also willing to have me do some stuff in English. Now, when I was growing up, I try to remember, I think the first Spanish broadcaster I remembered was Fernando Valenzuela uh, was kind of the first name I remembered. Was there anybody, it didn't Spanish or not Spanish, but anybody that's kind of mentored you through the process of being a play-by-play -play announcer? You know, not really. Uh, uh, not really. I, I, <laughs> I, I, some of the guys now have asked me about, like, for example, um, where do you get your, your research? Do you have a spotter? No, I don't have none of that. Like I, I pulled all my information for every game for, you know, so, so I didn't have that luxury of having somebody. So I've learned on the job and, uh, but what I've done now is help other young broadcasters um when they approach me for anything you know it, it's it's been one of those things where where i feel fortunate to be able to share my knowledge and what i've learned in, in my career and and just you know be open to that i think that's very important to to be able to to have that to be approachable i think more than anything because some people try you know to talk to some uh, other people and 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 they might not be approachable and you that might just turn you off completely from what you're trying to do you know so it's always been very important to to have that connection with people who who have questions about what you do 
Now I got to ask, I mean, to me, like, like you, I'm more of a baseball radio fan. I'm like a more of a radio aficionado. How much more difficult is it to do? Say you've done, I know you've done the bulls. I know you've done the black. I know you do right now, the Blackhawks and, yeah. and the, and the bears baseball kind of lends itself a little bit easier. It's a little bit more, would you say easier to call as far as just kind of the, the pace and the rhythm? Um, it, it is. Um, but, but it also, I, I think that it's, it's very important because it's such a beautiful sport and, and, and there's so much in the sport itself and, and during the game and, and so many things that happen that I think it, it is yes, smoother in the sense of, you know, the pace, but, so many things could happen during a baseball game, you know? So you always, I think there's, there's never one of those moments where it's like, Oh, you know, I wish I was doing hockey right now, speaking at a thousand miles an hour, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> so, which is, you know, and, and it's, it, I, I, I love baseball in general. So I think that's, that's where I, I go more towards. Um, I, I really enjoy every other sport that I broadcast, but I, I think that's the one that I really love. I got to ask you a question. If they ever came up and you know that sometimes, you know, obviously Pat Hughes is, is uh, going to be hopefully a hall of famer Ford for a hall of famer. But if they ever asked you, Hey, you know, Pat's doing the TV today, would you come in and do the radio? Have you ever thought about anything like that before? Um, doing it in I, English. I've thought about it. It's in the back of my head. Um, I feel that with the relationship that I've been creating with both um, the score and marquee, I think that could be a possibility somewhere down the road. I, I don't see um, why not. It, it wouldn't be, um, but it, it's something that I've never done. You know, I've never, the only broadcast that I've done in English has been with the Chicago dogs. And it's been as an analyst, my friend, Sam brief, he invites me over uh, here and there. And, and so that's been, that's been where I kind of get my practice and, and, and doing the, the English side of it. But I've never really tried uh, doing play-by-play -play in Spanish. I mean, in English. And I did it on Baseball y Mas with uh, Patrick Wisdom. And so it was it was interesting. But, yeah, you know, I, I would definitely be open to it. Absolutely. I think that's something that, you know, I, I would never say no to. I just yesterday somebody asked me like what are what are your plans i said well i i want to retire cubs broadcaster no matter how it is or where it is you know absolutely what what a dream and i really appreciate you miguel for coming on where no, would fans you. that are listening to this right now where would they you also do some radio shows on 780 correct uh yeah yeah so i'm on uh wbbm news radio uh, 105.9 FM and 780 AM. So I'm on there sometimes. So I was there this week, this past weekend. Um, you know, it's something that uh, whenever they need me, I'm there with baseball. It's so hard to get into the newsroom to do it. But now over the winter, you'll be able to hear me more. Uh, I'm a news anchor there. So that that itself, you know, it was very interesting how it all happened. I started as an assistant producer. Uh, Jeff Joniak brought me on as a sports anchor. And then I went as a news anchor on, on BBM. So that itself has been just amazing, uh, an amazing ride also. And if they want to catch you calling the Bears games, where would they find you over that one? Uh, Bears, 93.5 FM. That's where we where we have the every Bears game home and away. Um, so you can listen there. That's that's our, our broadcast station. Because sometimes on 1200 AM, we have other things going on. But it will always be on 93.5 FM. And uh, how about the Blackhawks? Blackhawks, that's on 1200 a.m. So 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, the busiest man in sports. 
man, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. I have to. You have to. You have to do it, man. <laughs> and 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 where would they find you as far as social media is concerned? Miguel's voice on Twitter. I need to get those numbers up. Come on. We need we need followers on there. Miguel's voice on Twitter and on Instagram, Facebook. Find me as Miguel Esparza Radio. Miguel, appreciate you, my friend. I can't wait Thank to you. see you again. And, and all I keep thinking is bigger and better things are coming for you. Thank you so much, my friend. Greatly appreciate you. And before we go, thank you to all the students. If you're listening from Wheeling High School, thank you so much for having me. It was it was a ball. Thank you so much. The, the kids absolutely loved it, and we appreciated you coming out. We're going to leave you with one more Miguel Esparza home run call just to get you fired up. <laughs> <laughs> 